the future, only robots will make movies. Maybe. Today I'm talking about AI and its role in the movie-making universe. This is Scott's Self-Indulgent Movie Podcast. friends welcome to scott's self-indulgent movie podcast i am scott and today i'm doing a little freeform talking real talk style about ai and its impact on the film industry and where and especially um things like things like recreating or um bringing uh dead actors back uh <laughs> in in certain scenarios and um, in other in other cases you know talking about script writing and things like that so I'll start with uh, one that has been the big one that everyone's talking about, which is the ability for the ability for studios and other people to essentially just get a an AI program to write a script, and specifically how that relates to movies and how it relates to the writer strike and how it relates to everything else that's going on. So broadly speaking, uh, what you can do now is that if you give a, any sort of AI tool um, not necessarily chat GPT, but a lot of these predictive AI or, um, you know, processing AI, you can give it a prompt and you can give it enough, a certain amount of information that you can say, make a script out of this and that they will, <laughs> and that they will, this program will kind of barf out a script for you. You can tell it, you know, you give it parameters that you probably couldn't give it. And so on, in theory, this sounds, I can see why this is very appealing to studios because uh, studio heads are notorious for being people who do not really see um, art as art, if that makes sense. They just see it as profitability. They don't see it as storytelling. Um, I'm painting with a broad brush. Of course, there's always individual studio heads that view things differently, and they tend to be some of the more successful ones. Um, Not always, uh, but that is something that is a big deal right now. And so the concern from the writers has been that in lieu of actual writers, writing the scripts and then getting compensated as the screenwriter, which is, it's not always high paying to begin with nowadays, and especially uh, something that they would need to get residuals for, that's another aspect of it, that they instead will be, um, you know, print out a, essentially a studio will print out a script and then bring in writers to touch it up um, and to make it actually cohesive and actually feel like an actual movie. Because most, most people who have used these programs know that a lot that basically the chat gpt stuff it it comes out a bit wonky (laughs) um anything like that comes out a bit wonky it doesn't read right it doesn't necessarily have the proper emotional arcs um and so even if you hone it down and give it a lot of very specific parameters it doesn't always work that way so the concern isn't that isn't that oh the script writers are just going to be completely replaced it's that they will be marginalized even further than they already have been so you'll see a lot of things like where either creators or writers will end up selling a script that makes a studio mil you know maybe half a billion dollars ultimately but they don't get any credit for it they don't really see the kind of money that they should see for it and part of that is you know and that's where uh, and obviously there are other things like residuals and streaming and things like that but that's the main problem with AI tools. And one of my favorite points about AI tools like this, especially ones that churn out, uh, churn out like, not necessarily, well, kind of regurgitations or versions of material is that uh, there is kind of, 
this short-sightedness, I would say, with a lot of people who don't seem to really understand why um, the film business has been successful or not successful at certain points in its own history. And the main the main idea is like, oh, well, we can just keep, you know, it, the limitation of the tool is that it only can really put out what's put in. So you can't really create a new style. You can't really create a new... You can only create a version of a couple of story by just putting together disparate elements. You can't really create a brand new story, if that makes sense. Like you can kind of do it. You, you, it is new, but it's not because it, it can only exist in, or have the tone or anything based on that. It's kind of like, um, you know, for instance, you could put all the movies that Ryan Johnson took that inspired Knives Out and ask a, a chat GPT to put to put out a Knives Out or a Glass Onion, it's not going to feel right because it's going to have the exact dramatic elements of like some one thing or another and like it's just not going to be the same, uh, especially because it may also be fighting within itself for a tone <laughs> so or and doesn't necessarily have consistency from moment to moment and that's where a touch-up person would have to come in and actually make it a movie and they would get one-time payment. So that's that's kind of where that leads in that. So my general feeling about AI tools, especially, you know, predictive text ones, is that I think they are amusing. I think they can be useful in certain regards. Um, I think they're mostly just funny. But I, for me, you can, you know, a lot of people are like, well, you can't always tell based on like responses or, you know, chat bots and things like that. You can't like, that's one thing I'd say a, a one to, you know, back and forth interaction is one thing. I think as soon as you start asking from what I've seen, as soon as you start asking these tools to write longer than a paragraph or to do both sides of a human interaction, that's when they really start to struggle because nuance is, you know, like you get about a page and then it's like, okay, there's clearly something very static or like kind of inhuman about what's happening here or the language doesn't feel right. Um, you know, it's the, it's actually kind of like the, almost the opposite end of the spectrum when somebody, it, when you hear somebody in a script use slang or something like that, that, that maybe the, the writer isn't clearly very familiar with, but heard it. Um, so, <laughs> so it's like, if you ever heard somebody try slang on before that they hadn't used before or didn't feel appropriate for them, like that's, that's what we're talking. That's what we're talking about. But it's on the other end to the point where it's like, okay, so you've heard this and you seem to know contextually what it should sound like, but it doesn't sound like a person would say this. So that's that's where it ends up. And on the second end, uh, we have more and more, it's the, and this is likely what what SAG is is possibly about to go on strike for as well, which is the, uh, the recreation of somebody's likeness after they've passed in, in movies and obviously obviously there's been a number of uh, ways this has been done or ways this has been hidden and historic now basically obviously it wasn't really possible before and now nowadays you see it happening more and more and I think there's two things that that kind of make this more prevalent and obvious uh, in its usage because you know I, even back in the day when he was still uh, doing voices for cars, like when he was still with us, Paul Newman said like he was like, he's like, no, I don't want any more Paul Newman stuff. I just want to be Paul Newman and be done. Like he hated the idea of being kind of being able to be brought out in the future. And I think that view of things is I can see I can see why some people are, are concerned about it. And I definitely see why actors are concerned about it, uh, especially because it means that it's like, oh, OK, well, eventually they'll, they'll just have AI actors 
and like just a recreation of Paul Newman, but maybe you, you, you young them down for, you know, whatever or something like that. I understand that. I get I get why there that is a concern there. But I think that to some extent that leans too heavily on the notion that current movie stardom and personalities are will always be like that will always be the same kind of brands that they are so you know for instance if somebody said oh we can keep cary grant young and in movies for forever in the 1950s maybe it would have been a thing but the idea that like somebody's going to go in and make a bunch of cary grant movies it's like well these are all things that have a legacy but they're not they're not still the big money makers right now which brings me to the stuff that are the big money makers and i think where a lot of these uh, digital recreations of people who have passed on are coming from, which is franchises and old properties and things that started in the 70s and 80s where different individual members, like, it, it is inevitable that they are going to pass away. And if you're going to try to continue the legacy of these individual people or continue the legacy of their these stories and just keep not branching off and keep building off the same ones, you're going to consistently run into this problem. And this is just unfortunate. It's an unfortunate fact of just human nature. And I think that this kind of goes a number of ways. It's kind of like uh, in Star Wars, you know, they've kind of they kind of ran into two examples, one which I think is, you know, they kind of had to and the other one not so much like Carrie Fisher passing away unexpectedly and tragically when she did kind of made a lot of things for the rise of skywalker difficult and even the last jedi so there were obviously scenes that they couldn't shoot that they would likely would have wanted to so that is that is kind of you know that's a limitation and if you know you already know that she had an intent to be within the film already and i have less of a problem you know adapting and trying to include her at least somewhat digitally so you can add a moment or two that is meaningful i understand all of that that makes sense to me uh, versus, you know, creating, recreating a commander of, a, of an actor who's been dead for years and like Rogue One, like that, you didn't need to do that. You could have had, you could have had it be over the phone, you know, it, it, you know, you didn't need to necessarily put this guy in the room. And that one feels a little bit creepy and a little, yeah, a little strange, a little creepy, not, not my vibe. And then somewhere in the middle, um, I actually just got around, I'm going to do a, a write up of it, but I just got around to watching uh, Ghostbusters Afterlife, which uh, some spoilers for Ghostbusters Afterlife. It's a few years old, so hopefully not cracking the seal for, for too many of you. Without getting into too many details, it is technically a legacy sequel, so it is a new generation of Ghostbusters kind of coming into their own and discovering, um, you know, a kind of big-time spectral event that they got to face, uh, including the family of Egon Spangler, which is difficult to do since Harold Ramis is unfortunately no longer with us. And I mean, he, he wasn't with us even when the all lady team of Ghostbusters came out in 2016. So it has been a bit, uh, what they do within the film is that, and is that they end up at, at one point recreating Harold Ramis digitally. And I think, honestly, it was the best case scenario for it because it is a way to honor um, a man who was directly involved in the franchise. Um, the whole thing has kind of been like t about him and for him. So I understand that. And they also don't have him speak. So it's just his likeness. And so and he's literally a spirit <laughs> in it. So that is a better scenario than I think you could possibly imagine. It's kind of like when they make people for like people who've passed on like force ghosts in Star Wars. I'm like, I don't have a problem with that. They're just kind of there waving like that's 
you might want to talk to the estate of already living relatives to be sure that people are okay with that, which I hope, I imagine, Ghostbusters, the Ghostbusters crew did, but uh, especially because Ivan Reitman is, uh, Jason Reitman is Ivan Reitman's son, and I, I would hope that he and Harold Ramis were at least on speaking terms while, they, while Ramis was still with us. But yeah, so as long as they're okay with it, that's fine. And I think that that's something that the actors are going to start negotiating. Um, and I would as well, because I would say like, hey, no. Um, but again, this is something you only run into with franchises that run for 50 some years. And eventually, you know, there's you either have to stop incorporating these characters and these same people and leaning on the nostalgia for these characters into your stories, or you have to do something else. And that I think is where we're at. Like, I almost feel like we're at a tipping point in movies where people there's still a lot of money being made off of franchises. So I can't say that franchises are dead or that superhero movies are dead or anything like that. Like the biggest movies thus far this year have been Disney sequels or live action remakes, uh, you know, well-known properties, basically like two animated movies are the biggest movies of the year thus far. (laughs) And, uh, that's just what it is. Um, very disparate in terms of their tones and in terms of their artistic style and everything like that. But that's, that's what it is. But those, like, one is essentially deemed a franchise that will continue on, and one is a franchise that has morphed over time. And I think what you'll see now is that instead of being like, oh, okay, we're going to see another Marvel movie, not to say, I mean, I like most of the Marvel movies, so I'm not, I'm not digging on them. I think it is more just the mindset that comes along with the viewing every film as a franchise rather than viewing a film as a film <laughs> and how it functions by itself. And that's how you get a lot of, uh, that's how you get a lot of movies, I would say within like phase four, where it's like, yeah, this is fun, but I, I, you know, is it still part of the big puzzle piece? Maybe not. And so that's, that's where I'm like, well, that's where things start to trip up. So just start making really good individual movies and then people will show up for them. And that's how you, that's how you do it right. So, yeah. So I'd say that the best way for studios moving forward not to say that they're going to do this because studios especially now are all risk averse and everything like that and put most of their money into single projects that they assume are going to be successful uh, i think that in terms of what they're going to and that's honestly why i think script writers writers are concerned about ai because if you just need another batman movie there's a lot of batman stuff you can just feed into a computer and it'll pump it out and then somebody else can touch it up. But it doesn't mean it's going to have a story. <laughs> um, and then you're really concerned because these franchises aren't dying. And while some roles are replaced all the time, some aren't. And some are always associated with certain people. So as long as they're here and in people's memories, you can keep bringing them back. And that's going to be a tough nut a tough nut to crack moving forward. And I can see why SAG is gearing up to join the Writers Guild. So uh in in their strike and i I hope they get what they i hope they get what they deserve which is livable wages and a cut a cut of what they're definitely helping to create with their genuine creativity and and skill so so yeah my general feeling about ai is that it is always something that is to be used responsibly and but it is never a replacement of true human ingenuity and thought there's just always a limit and i think that studios would be wise to take that to heart, take that to mind, and not to just view this as a way to cut costs, which has unfortunately been 
name of the game for for many many years so that's my thoughts let me know if you have your own uh usually in the comments wherever i post this and i'll catch you next time guys this has been scott's off indulgent movie podcast thank you so much for listening don't forget to like share and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts and don't forget to join our facebook group scott's off indulgent movie world for the latest reviews discussions and more see you next time everybody and stay safe